Welcome to Nuclear. I'm Chad Rodeway. I'm JJ Artimes. And I'm Andy Cannon. And today we're going to be talking about Catherine. Uh, Catherine was a game that was developed by Atlas and was released in 2011. Uh, I was checking because I was I forgot the <laughs> Japanese release date versus the North American release date. Okay. Both 2011, so inexcusable. Uh, on the PlayStation 3, and uh, unfortunately for my ability to play this game, not on much else. It was released as a games-on-demand title on the Xbox 360 like a year later. There was a physical copy because I owned it. Oh, I know. I mean, it, it was there was a PS3 version that had a physical copy. And there was also an Xbox 360 games-on-demand version. Oh, no, no, no. You had a physical copy of the 360 version? Yes, they have different cover arts. That's why I remember this yeah, specifically. One has k Atherin on it, and one has c Atherin on it. Which I'm just going to... And that's how we should refer to them for the whole cast. I don't like the Atherin. I don't like... I was just going to just call them K and C. That works, that's fine. All right. Anyway, this is a... Ostensibly a puzzle game, kind of. It's and similar in anime, and they're kind of like stapled together. Right. <laughs> there's, it's, there's a visual novel portion of this that is based around your character making choices to reflect the situation that they're in, and then there's a totally separate puzzle game element, like a, a puzzle platform game that it, it plays like Hubert. 3D push block climber? I've, yeah. yeah. I have not a lot of experience with Hubert. Yeah. It doesn't actually play like Hubert. No, it, just, it looks you are, like Yeah, Hubert. you are hopping on blocks. Though. That you can move one up at a time. I never pictured Hubert's aesthetic as that like horrifying and Oh, God, you didn't play Hubert <laughs> 2016. <laughs> oh, the reboot? Yeah, the reboot of Hubert. <laughs> that was terrifying. Hubert <laughs> <laughs> Apocalypse. Um, so... I kind of, like, I had really fond memories of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched JJ play it, and I'm, I was trying to date this yesterday, because I knew I was going to talk about it, and I honestly don't remember exactly when it was, uh, but we were both in school at the time, and you had moved out of the dorm. So I think that the earliest it could have been was 2000, like, maybe 2012? Yeah, like, like I think... Like, 12 or 13. By the dorm, you mean, like, the honors dorm, right? Yeah. Yeah, the hypothetical earliest is, like, late 2012. Right. So, yeah. So it would have been around that time. And I remember having really fond memories of this game, uh, which is why I was excited to play it originally. Um, I think that a lot of the memories that I had uh, came from the fact that I wasn't playing this fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Oh man, the month of my vengeance commences <laughs> with Chad's anger. Because I kind of fucking hate this game. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Go for it, go for it. I'm just gonna keep. Alright. I mean, I think it should be fairly self evident, like, as we go into actually discussing how this game plays. Yeah. Because I don't really have any issue with the game in its, in its entirety. I lack a very basic mechanical understanding of this game, mm-hmm. and am incapable of playing it. And uh, so, as you are aware, and as you are now learning as well as everybody else, I made I made it to night seven, is where I stopped. Okay. 
Um, and after night three, I turned it from normal to easy. Good. And even then, I was like completely stopped in my tracks. You had like an undo button, right? You're I'm aware of it. I okay. probably didn't use it as much as I should have, but I didn't. I'm not capable of thinking far enough ahead <laughs> for this game to function for me. Okay. But I don't know. I don't, but you're the one who uh, ranks this game among his favorites. Yeah. So. But I imagine that the things that I dislike about the game are not really the things that you do like about it. Uh, and before kind of. before you give your spiel on why it's great, <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm going to be the middle of the road guy. I thought this game was pretty good, but has some like huge blemishes on it. Yes, this this is continuing the trend of Andy Kenick not understanding why I love the things that I love. Yes. Okay. Well, it's not that I. <laughs> I completely don't understand why you love them. It's I can't believe you love them so much. Yes, yeah. Good distinction. And he goes over to JJ's house and is like, I mean, your mom's a nice lady, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, how do you love her that, that much? much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the things... The reason why I recommended Catherine is because, honest to God, I really wanted both of your inputs on it. Like, my opinion of Catherine is so high, sort of as, like, a test of how much I can forgive a game <laughs> in one area based on it just being batshit insane. Uh, like, it is... I, I don't think I've ever, in fact, considering the rest of my list, played the game... Uh, played a game like Catherine that I found is visually engrossing. Like, even the opening menu of Catherine got me hooked before I touched anything else with it so fast. Oh, well, even beyond the menu, which obviously you're going to get into, yeah. the whole opening of this game and the visual presentation of it with the puzzle, and I assume this was done for cost reasons, mm -hmm. um, because the game was both 3D animated and also had a like 2D animation portion that presumably was outsourced to some uh, like animation studio. Unclear. Atlas does that a lot with some of the other games that none of us have played, right? Yeah, to, so to yeah. the point where they might have like an in-house anime development studio. Yeah. Okay. Either way, so they have those sections, and I feel like that there are parts... The only parts that I think this game stumbles visually, and there really aren't many, uh, are there's some scenes that I feel it, it, it it's an odd choice to have switched art styles back to the 3D animation. Because mm -hmm. there will be moments like... I'm not, I'm not going to be able to name like a specific night, but like you'll wake up and it'll be like a 3D animation, and then eight seconds in, it cuts it into like an anime cutscene. Yeah. And then a little bit after that, it'll cut to a different scene, which is 3D animated. It, it feels like it would have been smoother to just play the whole thing out as one style or the other. Totally agree. In fact, I generally found like the actual real like, anime styled animation almost universally jarring. I can't think of a specific scene over the course of the game where I thought it was superior to just like the visual 3D style they'd already established. Yeah, I prefer like the in-engine cutscenes better as well. I think they look a lot less clean. It starts to. So you prefer the anime? Generally like, the speaking, yeah. like, it's it, just because the two are juxtaposed directly against each other. It makes the the 3D animation seem kind of. Like I don't know, it, it's it's a little fuzzier because it doesn't have like the detail because mm -hmm. it's not playing like a rendered video. This was the first uh, like 360 era game 
that Atlas ever attempted to make. Right, and I mean, honestly, visually they did a really good yeah. job with with the hardware. Yeah, it's like more modern anime is like now that more of them have more money mm-hmm. look like very graphic and very like clean like very like distinct highlights and shadows and stuff yeah and I, you can't really capture that or at least they didn't capture that anyway um people have been with trying to with cell shading for so long yeah, yeah. cell shading is the only thing that's really come close because um yeah, there's some that have very distinct art styles where, like, a cel-shaded look actually gives that yeah. sort of, like, graphic novel... Right. Appearance. There's the... What's the name of the game? Nino Kumi, or whatever? The one that, like, where Miyazaki did, like, the visuals oh, for yeah. it? Oh, yeah. That is cel-shaded, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has the... And even the new Zelda has mm-hmm. that look. And you can look as far back as, like, Beautiful Joe, which has, like, very much of a comic book aesthetic to it and managed to hit those, like, hard lines. But it's literally not even close to how good it looks when it is literally just a rendered animation. Yeah. Right. Like, when it's like, look at this thing that a guy drew on paper. <laughs> like, it just looks so clean in comparison. The only thing that I have against it is I think the in-engine cutscene was incapable of rendering Vincent's mouth to be 12 feet wide, unlike <laughs> the anime cutscene, where they're like, yes, that more, all as big as possible, please. Wide and long too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's a good comparison because like a lot of animes are like that, where mm-hmm. like really expressive faces, which you don't get in like the in-engine cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's partially a limitation of like it being dubbed, right? I, I heard some people complain about that, but I, I never really touched base with uh, me. I think I'm just that used to dubbing that it's not a problem. I'm the same way. I watched a review where they complained about that, and I was like, that's such a non-issue to me, because yeah. I've always watched anime dub, and when I'm not that big of an anime fan to begin with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess, like, if they were making this game with North American audiences in mind, then that could be... That is laughable. Yeah. Because Atlas it's is really, so yeah. distant from, like, the Western side of that. Despite how Western the, like... Aesthetic is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least, like, the cultural, like, appearance that's given to all the characters in this game is very Western. Westernized, at least. Yeah. Western eyes is the correct way to put yeah. it. Yeah. I forget. <laughs> they did go to that, uh, that sushi bar. That's true. The, uh, and your apartment is like three feet wide. Yeah, in and the he's game. got like the sitting desk mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But like the bar culture, all the stuff that they wear, mm-hmm. like they're clearly going for that sort of like American tone. Yeah. But as with all things that Atlas does, I think what they were going for was just whatever the fuck they felt like on the day. That Atlas <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> really sort of inconsistent. So, um, I know this is just like a thing that I actually have like learned more recently. Is that like because of the way that like three D models are made, you can't stretch them that far mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. them like imploding on themselves. <laughs> so like that's also like you just can't get the same kind of animations. Notable exception to that being Overwatch. I've seen a lot of the rigs. Yeah, those well, yeah, unless you specifically <laughs> develop <laughs> new technology and are billionaires, and right? Yeah, like you can pull a Disney and just make new shit for your game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Except for the proves the rule. Yeah. The uh the the takeaway there though is despite the fact like what we were talking about seemed largely negative, I think we're all pretty positive on the way the game looks. Oh yeah. As yeah. A whole. It's like, just what you brought up initially, like the juxtaposition isn't that smooth and is just seems kind of weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels a little bit harsh. Yeah. Is, no. is, uh, the uh 
Because, uh, and this is, I guess, kind of an unusual example for the cast, but uh, it's just a recent example that comes to mind. Is If you look at a movie like It Follows, it doesn't matter if the aesthetic is all over the place as well as long as the aesthetic meshes and fits well within itself. Yeah. And Catherine is a great example of that, because very few things seem really out of place except for the titular Catherine, who just is supposed to seem... Which of the two titular well, Catherines? Well, I mean, the C. game is spelled with a C, so I'm going with that Catherine in this situation. Okay. Who, like... The Catherine? Yeah. Who is supposed to stand out in a big way. Yeah. Uh, but that's really... And, like, very few other things. After talking about, like, the sort of juxtaposed anime stylings and, like, the 3D model renders of Catherine... I wasn't, when I said that I found the game striking, I wasn't even, like, referring to the actual, like, structured modeling of the game. I just meant, like, what those things were depicting. Like, the, the craziness like of a... The, a sh- the butt monster. Well, among other things. Like, it opens up and he's, like, <laughs> tied to a mattress with barbed wire. It's not, I forget if it's a mattress or a cube. But I think it's mattresses stacked. Okay, it's probably that. Yeah. yeah, but he's it's like a crazy sheep falls to his death long before yeah. you have any context for what that means. And then you zoom in rapidly and a guy literally shouts Catherine at you. And the little person doesn't care in the background. And there's like a TV narrator discussing what's going on. Before the TV narrator, though, there's this phenomenal, like... <laughs> paper cutout animation scene of like depictions of different genres of movies <laughs> and it's just really good for the golden playhouse yeah. yeah yeah it's really good what is that a thing no no it's not like <laughs> do you think that they planned on like making more games with that intro people speculate about that no one knows because they like, never did if, yeah because if they just never do like I just straight up dislike that they gave it that framing device. What? Why? Because it seems completely pointless. Have you seen the true, true ending, though? Oh, God. But I, I that's watched, not why that exists. I watched <laughs> some I of it. But it gives a little bit of a justification for it, though. It's... I, or maybe this is just me being an asshole and just not wanting to believe that's, just, that's the justification for it. Well, I mean, I don't think that it's the sole justification for it. I think that they just, they wanted to tell the story in the way that, like, a late night movie would. Yeah. Like, something that, because it is very much that kind of, it's outlandish. The only time you can really take the story seriously is when you're actually in it. The moment that you step away from it for, like, a split second, <laughs> you realize, like, the complete nonsensical <laughs> aspects of it. But... When you're actually in it, you're just kind of like, oh, God, what would Vincent do in this situation? Yeah. Which I ignored completely and was like, Vincent needs to get his shit together. I'll take over. Like, I, I took I took the role of Vincent's mother. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You're supposed to be invested in the story in the same way that you'd be invested like in a soap opera, which is the purpose of the framing device. So they can do all sorts of ridiculous nonsense and not have to present it as reality. I just... I. I, I guess there's literally a watermark. I know. I don't. Present. I don't like that. <laughs> the, the watermark? No. I mean, the watermark is fine if they since they went with the framing, the framing device. But the framing, framing but is like, a whole. I think the, yeah, the framing device as a whole is like completely unnecessary and doesn't add anything for me. We never referenced, by the way, during our conversation what the true two ending was, and that's very obscure. So we should probably uh, discuss I'll it. Say, Oh, right. I don't know what you're referring to when you say that might be the justification. 
Yeah. Oh no! I, I think I flat out refuse to say to be insinuated that I'm saying that that is the justification. <laughs> okay, I still don't I'm know. It lends a little bit of. Okay, I still don't know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. I I think I watched some of the true ending and was like, this is really long and I don't care, and then stopped watching it. <laughs> sounds like sounds about. I right, think like, yeah. they, they I got to the part where they were like, Eric is a, a man. Oh, no, no, no. That's Incorrect. not the true ending? In- that's just the, the true good ending. That's, that's the true, the true K ending. That's the true good ending. Yeah, yeah. there's eight? There's eight main game endings right. of, like, there's true good and bad for both C and K, okay. and there are two additional neutral endings that I think are just good and bad. I don't know if it's true It's the freedom or, ending, according yeah. to Wikipedia. But what we're referring to... Uh, is well, then I have no idea what you're talking about. Is it, yeah, I didn't even know this existed either until I came back to a is site for the cast. Is this the one that is, like, impossible to view? Uh, it is possible. You have to do, do it, it on co-op. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a... What we're referring to is that in the Tower of Babel mode in this mm. game, which, another inexplicable addition, they just have, like, challenge towers for you to go through that they sort of present to you as if it's, like, not King of Fighters, but, like, what were those old, like, American Gladiator TV shows? Like, American Gladiator? Oh yeah, it is called American <laughs> Gladiator, wasn't it? Like the Temple of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of the Hidden yeah. yeah, the announcer the shouts temple. at you as if you're like participating in one of these television shows, okay, and you go great. through in these uh, like just r- somewhat random challenge areas that can also be multiplayer reverses. Uh, and if you complete the very hardest one, and you only unlock stages of this Babel Tower by getting enough gold medals in the game, uh-huh. so if you get all the gold medals and complete the hardest stage. Uh, you get, like, specialty endings. There's, like, two separate stages of them. I forget what, what starts the first stage, maybe getting all the medals or something. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, revealed that the Midnight Venus, uh, the woman <laughs> from the framing device, yes. that uh, is actually some kind of, like, fertility goddess who initiated all the events of the game uh-huh. and was also masking as the guy in the, like, chapel thing. The, oh, that's the, who that was. Yeah, yeah. See, I, um... Every time you go into the um, the confessional, yeah, you can talk to them before mm-hmm. you sit down. I talked yeah. to them every single night before I sat down, and was really sad when there was no achievement for that. <laughs> Me too. But either way, because there's like different dialogue each night, so right. I'm like, this is definitely gonna do something. <laughs> nope. Nope. You're just annoying that guy for fun. Yep. But that's not that's not the important part of the true true ending. Right. The important part of the true true ending is that after you beat the hardest tower thing, she lets down her hair and, like, essentially comes to your in-game, like, representation of where you are living and playing the game and just pretty much just wants to have sex with you, and that's, like, the end of the game. Like, she was well, looking, she was looking you've, for a replacement. You've been, yeah, you've been chosen to replace... Dumuzid. Her old sure. sl- sex right. life. Yeah. Who is, yeah, she was proven unworthy. That's, Correct. like, the yeah. most Japanese secret ending I've ever heard. Yes, it is. Uh, or maybe not. I feel like... It's very Japanese, though. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, goofy. It's very it's That sexual repression just coming uh, right on Yep, up. it's just <laughs> shoving it right in your face. Yep. But it's really horrible, and it's it's it's, one of, uh, it's a great example of the kind of shit where I'm like, how much of this can I ignore to like this game? <laughs> to be fair, all of the endings are pretty stupid. Like, it is not like there's not a a satisfactory resolution among them because of the supernatural turn that the story because. Throughout the whole game, yeah. and well, this is me editorializing, obviously, this yeah. is my personal opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure that some people love, like, oh, Get to the, opinion, the Catherine Good ending is the is clearly the best one. Uh, 
throughout the, the the story, there's like a there's a hard line drawn between the day and night cycles. Yeah. So you have well, I use the night and night cycles. You never control Vincent <laughs> during the day. Uh, but like the bar scene, it makes it like painfully obvious that no, Vincent does not remember the dreams mm-hmm. ever. He just knows that he had a nightmare. He starts to remember them a little as it goes on. Sure. Uh, but then in the night cycle, you just have the puzzle game. So the, the puzzle gameplay doesn't feel like you're making any actual impact on the story of the game. Like, from your perspective sitting there playing the game, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is the game part and this is the story part, and they don't they don't combine in as much as every landing has a question you ask that can affect your meter. Yeah. Right? So you have all that, and then you have all... The, the, the daytime stuff, and when you get to the end, it's... They hand it things, and it's very explicit, like, yes, there's something, like, supernatural going on. And there's all this, and it's like... But your investment as the player is in Vincent in the real world, unless you were just so suspicious about what's going on that you just immediately assume that, like, something untoward is, like, specifically happening. Because the questions you're being asked aren't like, oh, I should go with this girl because she's pregnant, or I should, like, get a priest and be exercised. <laughs> it's like, it's these two, it's like, oh, it's the hot one, or, like, the fi- the long-term relationship. <laughs> like, it's presented in such a, like, a benign way to then, but you know, by the end of the game, it's like, what, oh, Somebody is a succubus. Like, <laughs> classic, someone's a succubus. So you have to just choose to ignore it because the game gives you no option to interact other than to just, like, avoid Sea Catherine. Uh, you, you meaning that the game doesn't give you the ability to, like, quote-unquote, choose Sea Catherine? No, it doesn't give you the ability to, like, act in a way that... Because you know that something more sinister is happening. Oh, yeah. But the game cannot... Vincent does not. Yeah, because he is unaware of it. You, Your choices ultimately feel unsatisfactory because you're not given... You know more than your character does, and you can't inform your character's decision in a way that would be like... It's like when you're watching a horror movie and you're like, don't go in that room, Mm -hmm. and then you're playing a horror game and you're like, I'm not going in that room... (laughs) And can and but can't you just have to go in the room like it doesn't feel right because you can't impart your wisdom on the character that you're playing. Okay, so that I think I like I need a timeline here. Like, what is an example of the kind of agency you wish that you had over Vincent in the story? Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree with Chad, but I'll let him finish his whole spiel. I mean, the spiel is over. The answer to that is honestly, I'm totally satisfied with the amount of agency that you have. Yeah. I just really wish that the story had gone in a different place. Like, I wish that some third party fourth... A different party. Fifth party (laughs) was somehow, like, more responsible, and that Catherine with a C was actually a human being, and not a demon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, like, all of the things... Because, like, it doesn't feel like your choices ultimately matter because at the end, if even if you do all of the things to side with one or the other, something hysterically outlandish is going to happen <laughs> instead of something that maybe you were, like, hoping would happen. It's like, even if... Because, like, my narrative going in, just yeah. for context, is I was like, 
Obviously, Cat K is a terrible relationship for Vincent. Because Vincent is not the type of person that can handle this type of other person. Mm-hmm. Both totally fine on their own. Yeah. Should not be mixed. So I was like, I know that C. Catherine is obviously crazy and not a person that anyone should have a long-term relationship with until she gets her feet on the ground. Yeah. But she represents an aspect of, like, breaking away from the norm that he's stuck in. Yeah. So I went chaotic pretty much, like, all the way. Yeah. Like, every decision I made was not necessarily for him to be Catherine, or be with Catherine with a C, but just to be away from Catherine with a K. Yeah. But the ultimate ending that I would have gotten is him becoming the Lord of the Underworld. Do you <laughs> yeah, see how there's a disconnect you here? <laughs> you can't play the game in that way. You have to pick one of the two of them, right? No, not even necessarily. The game really, and, and this is, I think, well, one of the biggest criticisms of the story. How about maybe most players will end up having to pick between I would say most players them. would assume that that is what the ultimate choice is, whereas my, like, thinking of it... I tried to abstract away from the game potentially a little bit too much. <laughs> it's it's not that we even take like the classic like because when we were playing video games with choice meters, especially of the, like the, this sort of like five year old desi- design philosophy where there's like a red side and a blue side, right. we're predispositioned as game players to think that the best things that we get is all the way at one side of the meter, and whether or not that's true or good, the developers of Catherine, at least as displayed in the narrative are absolutely assuming that you're going to be, like, 50% of the blue side. The narrative at times doesn't even make sense if you're all the way on the chaotic side. Yeah. Like, they're really made for, like, they're buying into the idea that the first-time players are going to have, like, a slight bias decay because they don't want to be douchebags. Right. Like, like, replaying this game is super damaging to your experience of the story because it reveals that your choices influence almost nothing that happens. It's It's actually really... That's, like, not unique to this game in as much as, like, the detriment of, of replaying a story-based game like this. Of course. Because, like, The, the Walking Dead, like, award-winning, like, globally acclaimed game, uh, I've played tw- through tw- the first season twice, and the first time that I played through the game, I did it the way that I normally would play a game. And the second time, I went through trying to be as big of an asshole as possible. Mm-hmm. And literally, the only difference between the two is that by the end of the game where I was an asshole, everyone loved me and hated Kenny. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but yeah, it's like, oh, I really wasn't doing anything. Yeah, at all. <laughs> but so I guess my experience was. Um, like, I immediately, like, felt this disconnect because, like, I completely did not relate to Vincent at all. Like, no one is going to, really. Yeah. I mean, well, most people. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, there's people out there yeah, who like, would relate like to Lucas. Vincent. He's the most, indec- Vincent, right? <laughs> the most indecisive shit. Yeah. So, like, but then the not game Lucas. presents <laughs> me with these, like, choices, and some of them happen... Like, at the bar, like, something will happen, and you have to, like, answer a question, and it affects the meter. And, like, some of them happen in the nightmares. So, like, when it's scenes at the bar, and I get, like, I feel like I need to, like, I should be role-playing Vincent, because it feels more like the TV show that they want it to be. (laughs) So I'm like, do I answer this the way that Vincent would answer it? Or, like, the way that I would answer it? And then, like, in the nightmares, I feel like they want me to answer it the way that I would... And it's like there's this like disconnect between like 
we're telling this TV show narrative with this defined character. Then over here, it's like, you influence it with your opinions. <laughs> like, that just, that clashed for me, like, real hard, where, like, I didn't know how to treat the game a lot of, like in a lot of places. The night questions are like semi-randomized and totally nonsensical. Yeah, Sometimes I actually didn't realize that until I lost all of my like retries and had to go back to the landing. So that's what happens when you lose all your retries. Yeah, that's what he said. Evidently, <laughs> I am just like basically the equivalent of a three-year-old child playing this game because I couldn't do anything. When um, we'll get to my gameplay, not because it's, but because we're on like kind of a roll with. Oh, this sure, right but now. just for future context, night seven is that the Imperium? Which what what happens on night seven? I don't know because I, I didn't get through. I didn't play night seven. Did you? Reach? I finished night six. What happened on night six? What was like the last boss you faced? That was the the bride, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So before there, so did you get stuck on the wall or something? No, I literally finished the game and then said verbatim, "I would literally rather be doing anything else than playing <laughs> this fucking game." And we went and got food. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I in classic hyperbole fashion stated that this was the least fun that I've ever had playing a game <laughs> and I've played Goats on a Bridge. <laughs> this is not true. But like Goats on a Bridge is less fun than this game <laughs> and additionally I've played many less le like many games that are not as good as this one, but I did not enjoy myself. So yeah, it's like to me it just it feels like the two halves are so disjointed cuz like I'll be like though like we have you have this morality meter and like you feel like you should be like affecting how the story's going mm -hmm. but then you get a cut scene like during the day where Kay, Catherine and Vincent are at a restaurant and he gets a call from C Catherine and he's just like uh, 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 uh. And like he's like thinking to himself, like, oh, what do I do? And it's like, hang up the fucking phone. <laughs> you don't have to talk to Sea Catherine right now. Whatever, you can just yeah. Like, hey, using just, like, my actual phone. It just gets... let me give you an example of what happens when when that exact situation happens. You hit lock on your phone, right? Yeah, yeah. and then put it back down. There's so many moments like that where it's just like he's just like like Sea Catherine comes by and he's like, oh, oh. What what do I do? <laughs> like, that's, like, literally his dialogue. That's literally his character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do I do, guys? So, like, why do they give you, like, this defined, like, wishy-washy character and then, like, ask you to make decisions to feel like you're influencing him? I have no idea. Like, they don't mix. <laughs> no. At all. And it's like, that just bothered me the whole game. Yeah, I mean, okay. I have, I'm of two minds on this. Yeah. Uh, one... I agree. I feel like there are a lot of situations that are played out in cutscenes that it feels like they're asking you questions and then not letting you answer. Like, they'd be like, he would literally think, like, what do I do here? <laughs> and where it could have literally just, like, pop, like, the background goes dark and the two chains come down. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fine. Literally anything and just be like, do this or that. But then on the other hand, I actually... I like the idea that you are only influencing, like, the most basic things. But they don't have any effect. Or seemingly. Right, right, right. But, I mean, that's the... Well, the game know. assumes, as a first-time player, whether this is accurate or not, 
that you are experiencing at least some indecision about the situation. If you're not, if you are decisive where Vincent is not, it is it is also wrecked. It is ex- it is an extremely <laughs> narrow path yeah. that the game attempts like, to take you. Well, down. the game also does a good job of inspiring that indecision. Yeah, because you know it presents you with things that are like. It's like things that seem like obvious choices and then adds complications to them. Yeah. Right. I was pretty like torn until the K Catherine is pregnant part. And then I was like, Well, I don't think that he should marry her because <laughs> she's pregnant, but like he should definitely not like keep seeing C Catherine. You never like got so, uh, hit by the hook of maybe she's lying about it? That no, never draw you in? No. Like that's another thing I uh, don't know. Up until like. the point where it turned out that she was lying about it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, oh, I actually took it to be that, like, she legitimately thought she might be, and then she ended up not being. But maybe she just lied to him, I don't but, know. Yeah, it's it's over to interpretation. You don't but, have um, her word to go on. I, like, I picked, I, maybe it's because I, like, because like, we do this cast now, and I just think more critically minded about media in general. Mm-hmm. Sure. I was just like, I just saw through it immediately from the very first scene where they're in the restaurant together. Like, they're trying to make me not like her so that, like, C. Catherine seems, like, awesome. So, like, I saw through that immediately, and I was like, they're coloring Catherine to be, like, the one that sucks. Right. You know, yeah, so, like, I was like, I'm not gonna buy that. Uh, like me, Kath- I think Catherine's a totally normal. <laughs> that seems a bit hostile to the narrative, don't you no, think? No, I don't think so. It's like it seems so deliberate, and I was right. Yes, but I mean, if you enter the it's situation like, I could being see, like, I could see I'm the not pu- trusting you, game. I could, pulled it's like, what's me. even it, the point? <laughs> it wasn't that. It's just like I just immediately saw the puppet strings. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like I was like, I think Catherine K. Catherine. It's a completely reasonable, normal human being. Because she is. And Vincent is an idiot. <laughs> I don't want to say she's complete. I think she has... I think she's a moderately reasonable human she's being. She's the most normal person right. in the game. Because, because C. Catherine is literally the least reasonable human being. <laughs> she's, she's not, not a, a human, human being. being. Right. <laughs> she's the least reasonable demon of this game. Uh, I don't know. Fashionable coat guy and like, would seem pretty fine. Okay, fine. You mean but like, boss? Uh, maybe like, I forget which one's boss. He's the guy who stands behind the, the in the no the, in no the tuxedo. He's, well, he's not reasonable. I guess tuxedos Tom, are coats. Thomas Mutton no, or something. Thomas Mutton's his name, but the yes. guy I'm thinking of is uh, the dude who you sit with at your table. Who's one of your friends who has like the sort of like rounded Orlando. haircut. Oh yeah, Orlando. Oh wait, rounded not, haircut. Not, no Johnny. hat. No hat. Not young. Johnny. Third guy. Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, this was Johnny. Yeah. These, he seems. There's not <laughs> enough of him for him to be abnormal. You just see. Fucking smoothness. He's, he's just like a cynical, anime. like thirty-year-old. Yeah, he's he's just that's like not normal. Yeah, they're that all normal, stereotypes, yeah. but he's the stereotype that I picked up on the fastest. <laughs> Everyone's a stereotype. Yeah. Everyone, because it's yeah. a television show, and it makes it easy for them to excuse it. Right. I'm trying to think of like, yeah, pretty much anyone who had a spoken line of dialogue at one point or another, I made fun of it. Like just because of the way that it's written, it's it's totally like reasonable within the game yeah. but it's just like there's one scene where there's this couple that's just hanging out in the bar <laughs> and this woman is talking about like how they want it, how she should go to into recreational space travel or whatever oh, yeah. that's called in the in the game yeah and uh, the dude was just like 
Oh uh, yeah, they raised the price from eighty thousand to fifty thousand dollars. That's much more reasonable. Not to mention this and that. Not to mention <laughs> marriage. Like I don't know if we're ready for that. And I was like, why does this guy expose every problem that he has at one time? Like just respond to one question at a time, dude. You won't seem as much like a douchebag. <laughs> no, the most reasonable person in the whole game is the narrator. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, I also picked up on the fact that, like, when you answer the text messages, like, Catherine sighs. Oh, yeah. Like, immediately as well. I was just like, they're trying to lead me down one path, and I'm, I'm not falling for it again. Wait, what path? What? They're trying to, at the beginning, they're trying to set you up to, like, think that, like, K. Catherine is bad for Vincent. And you're, well, you're, is, you're interpreting that... And they that to make when, the initial meeting of C. Catherine seem more alluring. Right, but the question that I have is the sigh sound effect that plays when you send a text message... It's when you open one from Catherine. We, right. K. Catherine. Right. It, well, you were like, this is... They're trying to make her seem terrible well, with this sigh <laughs> sound effect? With the opening cutscene... It opens with her, like, tapping her finger on the table, right, like yeah. he's impatient with him. And then, like, that that sigh is just, like, them reinforcing that. Yeah. I don't understand sure. why that's a bad thing. That seems like an... I just... It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying I saw through it. Yeah. Yeah. Even from the beginning, a lot of people sort of, like, partially because of the marketing, of course, misinterpreted this as, like... A, like a true dating simulation game like in like yeah. in the conventional sense in which you're like an all-powerful man person who is choosing between his like various harem options based on what you do yep when in reality like the goal of this game was what's supposed to be is like simulate a conflict in, a re in an existing relationship and right. give you some agency over the result of I, that conflict i just Feel like you they should have. This is you. Some you like. Oh, I don't want to stay this girl. King of the underworld. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I still know. <laughs> King of the underworld. Never an explicit choice in the narrative. <laughs> That's true. I you don't know what's happening until you're already king of the underworld. Yeah, yeah. I think that it was a really bad call to make Vincent so unrelatable. Then. I think it just like tells its story. We're talking about like yeah, I'm see, sitting here like that's defending it, it, this game that I hate. It, it keeps coming <laughs> back to that. It's like why did they like want to go with such a choice based thing and then also present this concrete narrative? Right. I, I feel like I don't know. You really have more insight on this than I do. Uh, like any specific comment right now. Right. It's but, yeah. That is honestly, I, I think it's a serious problem. I am okay with, like, limiting on these sort of, like, narrative choice, even, like, very open games in the Telltale style. I understand the necessity to, like, really limit the amount of content you can put in these games and how hard it can be to justify throwing in scenes that players are never, ever going to see based on, like, how many branches you put in the narrative and how much you loop it back on itself or not. Mm -hmm. But even by that standard, Catherine as a game is really narrow. It doesn't allow much deviation, and it seems to want to tell, like, a very specific story under lots of, like, very specific assumptions about the first time you play the game as an experience. The one thing I do disagree that it's come up in both of your conversations, though, is I don't think the delineation between the night and day is as sharp as you guys are putting it. It is very sharp, and intentionally so, but, like, they always bleed little bits of unreality into the bar. I will See, go out and on a limb and say that it's probably less sharp for people who are not me. 
Because I like I got to the end of the bar scene and was actively looking for anything else to do so that I didn't have to go back into the nightmare scenes. Because like I so dreaded playing them. But but that means that you went into the bathroom. Yeah. And so you saw the like the like he splashes his face. He's like, "Well, I, I'm seeing things." Yeah, and the blood and all the nonsense. Yeah, that's part of what I'm referring to about the okay. delineation. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. What my original comment about it was in reference to the fact that it's literally two different games. Yeah. That you go in between. Yeah, I don't think that it is. So it, it's the 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 sharp delineation comes from. I'm, I'm like. We've got, like, some percussive stuttering going on. Uh, the, <laughs> the sharp delineation comes from the fact that it's... It, like, even when Vincent is aware of things like that happening, it doesn't play into the narrative of the, of the, the night or the daytime game at all. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense within the story of the game, but it doesn't lend itself to make the choices more meaningful. I also... I think that there is like a pretty hard disconnect because I think you could take the puzzles out and and replace them with something completely different. It's the only thing that's making the bleed or like making them like like fit together is the theming. They themed the puzzles to the story and that's what's making them seem like they fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is not a like mechanics as representing the story you know, game like, anyway. The nightmares, stress. Yeah, because it's like in a nightmare. It could be anything. It could be like a like a Hearthstone game. Well, that's even like and that's like explicitly would... like referenced in the story of the game as well because it like the the as referred to through ninety percent of the game, which like the person who is causing the men to have these nightmares is literally modeling the nightmares after the Rapunzel game in the bar. Yeah. So, like, it literally could have been anything. It could have been Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly, how great would that be? Like, you start, and, like, you're Vincent with the pillow like, running, picking <laughs> up dots as, like, a baby chases you around. <laughs> yeah, also great. Also, but mostly just because of the theming. Although I like the puzzles. Oh, you'll be disappointed to know, by the way, how much easier the American version of the game oh, was. Oh, no. I was I was aware of this before <laughs> even starting the game. Yeah, I, I was telling him about it. Like The fact that the Japanese version doesn't have an undo button yeah. is just, like, insane. <laughs> you would think that literally anyone on the planet, no matter what country they're in, would have, mo- like, more things to do with their time than, sl- like, realize they fucked up and just have to yeah. slowly wait for the tower to fall down. Yeah, it's so easy to fuck up, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, incredibly easy. In, in, in insurmountable ways. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how easy it is to fuck up a puzzle in Catherine? After the break. <laughs> most no. Most effort oh, ever in a break. <laughs> it's possible. I'm a little uh, <laughs> oh God! Are we in a? Do we, is there anything frustrating either of you for time? No, no. Oh, dude, I've got one hell of a railing-based story. Uh, <laughs> okay, never mind, Chad. I won't give you the railing story. You can Just tell it after. Save the railing story. Oh, you man. guys won't care because you don't fucking care about railings at all. Alright, time to talk about the video game, maybe? Yeah, let's talk about video it. Okay. Games. So let's talk about the video game portion of this video. We should uh, talk okay. about the gaming, yeah. The gaming aspects of the mm. game. So, at night, Vincent goes home, binges severely, <laughs> which is hilarious because 
during the night, you drink three beers. Well, you drink mandatory one cocktail, <laughs> then two beers, and you're drunk. And then you, you like, stumble around and walk <laughs> like an idiot. Well, you could be drinking anything. It doesn't have to be beer. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, at minimum, <laughs> you're like, alcohol content-wise, you're drinking two beers and a cocktail. <laughs> and then you go home and are like, you know what I need to do? Is drink, like, 14 more cans of beer brand beer. <laughs> and get completely fucked up. I mean, people could not be you and just not drink or even recognize that as a thing you could do. Could you imagine how much you would have hated this game without any of the little drink pop-ups? I went the first three nights before I figured out how to drink. They... Oh. I know it that never... because my favorite part of this game is the effects about drinks. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> tutorialize it until, like, a... Like, the fifth or sixth night. It's like you you can drink alcohol. It's like on that little menu up at the top, and it's like in the middle, and I just didn't notice it. That menu pops up if you just don't do anything for like three seconds. Yeah, like, I know. But like, it's like, the fact that it's in the middle, like, I just never like, looked at it. Yeah. Also, the other options are all fairly, like, mundane. Yeah, it's like, it pops up, and it's like, the first one's like, check your email. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do that. A triangle. And then the others are like, get up, which is, once you do it the first time, is not like, you never have to like, look at a menu for it. Mm-hmm. And then X is just like, the natural button you would press to interact with something. Yeah. It's excusable, but I still think a little bit unusual that you did not notice the drink prompt, but I'm on your side here. Yeah, I'm very sorry. It was great mm. drinks. So you, you yeah, drink like yourself into oblivion. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you fall asleep. Yeah. And then an arbitrary time around 1 a.m. will pop up on the screen. We always interpreted the uh, like the clock ticking loading screen yeah. as it being like thousands of years <laughs> past. <laughs> I do, by the way, have no idea what that's supposed to represent. Like what? The, the passage of like short amounts of time. I don't know what that's supposed to mean in the game. The constant clock motifs between everything. It's just like this much time has passed. But why does that matter? Well, I like, think we know that, that you would have woken up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the the reason that it's always, like, w- especially with the loading screens and, like, the constant ticking, yeah. and even the game starts with the, like, ticking and then being replaced with Catherine's fingernail, um, is basically Vincent is always dreading nighttime because he is having these nightmares. Mm-hmm. And so the clock ticking is just kind of, like, the constant reminder that eventually he's going to have to go to sleep and okay. he's going to have the nightmares again. I think that's what they're going for. That's a that. good answer to that. Yeah. All right. so and it also doubled as a great constant reminder that I will eventually have to play <laughs> the nightmare segments of this game. And you, so you turn around when the door opens and all the sheep wander into the sheep hole. It was a great visual, by the way. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you've got your pillow for some reason. You're the only guy who gets a pillow. The mystic pillow. Yes. Maybe everybody else has a pillow as well, but you just can't see it. They probably don't know that you have a pillow either. Yeah. Could be. I, I mean, it's obviously supposed to be your extra lives, but they never, like, make that explicit. There's no, like, you still live scene. That it's, you don't, like, fall on the pillow. Right. You just fall to your death. and then That would have been gone. kind of funny, though. Yes. <laughs> You're just like, ah! Oh. <laughs> Jeez, thank God this pillow is here. <laughs> You just get up, brush yourself off, like on like a pile of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> Many of those corpses belong to Chad. 
Yes. Apparently. A hilarious number of them. I was relieved on easy mode that you just get an absurd number of lives. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I was generating them. I think that just like every time you make a move in the game, they're just like, congratulations, here's an extra life, baby. Yeah, every This is one that's very confusing, but a lucky inclusion, is that every pillow actually gives you two lives, not uh. one. So even on normal mode, you end up with, like, unbelievable amounts of lives. Nope, because not enough lives. <laughs> if you ever get stuck in a death loop, like against a boss or something, assuming you can always reach one pillow during the death loop, you're netting positive pillows. Right. So you get ended up, so it's inevitable if you're even remotely competent that you get, like, 70-something pillows. <laughs> Your choice of words there is, uh, is hurtful. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chad. If you're even remotely you. competent. This is, uh, God. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know it was possible to fail on easy in this game. <laughs> I never I never ran out of lives on easy. Like oh, I said, my oh. breaking point was just not wanting to play it any longer. The, the, the <laughs> normal mode is when I lost all my lives. It was on the, the butt beast boss. Oh, uh, the butt beast is what got to you? Well, no, that was just, I was already struggling... <laughs> on the second level of that of, of night three and then was like, Can I turn it to easy? You can only turn it to easy during the day. So I played the butt beast boss like ten or twelve times, mm-hmm. lost all my lives, had to restart, got uh, like played another couple of times, and then Andy just beat it for me. And then I set it to easy. Okay. And then proceeded from there. Andy. I think I, uh, you also beat the the bride boss, which yeah. I couldn't do either. You were there, Andy. You I were was. at ground zero. I was at ground zero. What was Chad doing wrong? Uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like, you know how, like, on the first stage, when, like, you didn't get the mechanics yet? Yeah. Chad never advanced past that stage. <laughs> I just never picked up like, on the mechanics. It was like... I'm going to make Chad feel really dumb right now. But it was actually like watching a child try to play this game. Uh, we sat down. I actually like warned, like, I warned I, you about this because yes. we, we sat down to play the game and Andy was like, I thought this game was really hard and I feel like you're just going to like sit down and just beat the crap out of it. And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of game that is not going to mesh with me yeah. and I'm going to be unable to play it. And sat down, and my expectations were exactly met by my inability to pick up on the game at all. Like, he would come to something and, like, wouldn't, like, understand what to do. And I was like, you know, like, pull this block out, push that block over, you know, X, Y, Z. And then, like, I showed him how to do it, and he did it, he got past it, and then died. And then, like, he'd start it back up again with the exact same place and, like, would not remember any of that. Like, what I had just And then we'd just start, like, pushing and pulling blocks around at random. And I'm just like, did he forget? I just told him what to do. I literally did forget. Here's basically, like, the best... It's not even an analogy. My best explanation, I guess, for my inability to play games like this. And it's not specifically puzzle games, but it's games... I, I... uh, maybe I'll get like a good comparison point as I explain this. Um, when you're playing a game, or when I'm playing like a puzzle game like this, yeah, it is a matter of needing to both act reflexively because of the time limit, and additionally 
be able to think a few steps ahead to make sure that you're building a like a, a path to your destination. Okay. And I am incapable of doing both of those things. I'm very good in games universally at acting reflexively. Yeah. It is what I've been brought up on, and, and, kind of, and I can also think critically in a game where I have an unlimited amount of time. Right. When you combine the two, I completely lose any semblance of understanding of, of that, okay. of the ability to play. That gives me hope for the next game. Yes. I have no hope, but that's. I'm glad that you have some amount of hope. <laughs> it's always very fun. <laughs> he also seemed really reluctant to hit the undo button for some reason. Well, it's because I felt like the undo button was... For, first of all, you told me at one point that you basically you should not consider the number of times you can undo because it's like a functionally unlimited amount of times. It's like nine or ten well, times. Well, I didn't right. say that. Well, right, right. I, I mean, said, you, said, like, you, hit you the can undo, undo a bunch of times. Right. And so I was thinking, like, okay, I can undo... Like, so it wasn't a limitation thing that I was concerned about. It was just that I felt like the undo button was for when I had, like... When I had gone to a point that I knew I couldn't proceed with. Mm -hmm. And the problem was if if I undid a thing, what I would then be looking at is a situation that I still didn't understand. And so I would have to back up, like... I basically should just restart so, at that so point. So that's a good way that. to gauge his understanding, is he didn't understand the mechanics enough to even know when to, to use the undo, undo button. Okay. <laughs> Was I not saying that I didn't understand the mechanics, it's just that I didn't... I, I can't do it. Like, it's just... I don't have the brain required to understand these puzzles. Granted, this game... Without the undo button, as I'm sure some people attempted to play it, would be hell on the snow that I'm trying to defend. Like, in the American release of the game, you kind of end up treating the undo button at like another game action, like moving. Like, undo is, a, is not even close to a fail straight in the language of the game. It's just, like, the equivalent of moving backwards. Right. It's almost like braid or something in that sense. Like, actually reversing. Say, yeah, like, I used it very liberally. Yeah, in fact, in fact, I think it's an even better comparison than I thought when I said it. Like, I used the undo button as much in Catherine as I used the rewind in braid. But... <laughs> I mean, because, like, we'll stop. If, if, I, if I compare it to, like... Prince of Persia Sands of Time, which we're going to bring up two weeks in, two episodes in a row. <laughs> no, that, yes. that means we have to play it. Well, yeah, don't worry. Now. We'll, we'll take it. it. No! Uh, <laughs> that is a game where it's like, you you jump and miss a jump, or you go to the wrong place, yeah. use the rewind function, function, function <laughs> to return to where you were before, and you have a clear understanding of when you failed. Yeah. And Catherine, hitting undo for me was just putting me in a situation where I still didn't know where I was going from that point. Yeah. And it's like, I because I wasn't grasping, like, the, the techniques or whatever, <laughs> uh, I, like, the, the, I would put myself in, I would find situations that had a solution that was explicitly explained to me through a technique, and I wasn't just, oh, I should use the tornado here. Because <laughs> I looked at them, like, the, I watched the freaking, like, example cutscene of the tornado yeah. and didn't understand what he was doing. What? Like, I was like, I don't get, like... What is this situation that you're describing to me? It just looks like a pillar of blocks, and then he walks backward and pulls blocks out. It's like, I can't visualize that in the chaos of just a million blocks. Like, it's just, I can't see that. God, I wish it was there. 
I am not though, and we should stop ganging up on you continuously because <laughs> I want to talk more about the mechanics I also, generally. Like, uh, I kind of agree with that. I felt like the um, the little example cutscenes did a- almost jack shit for me, <laughs> and like me figuring it out was all like a lot of trial and error. Because yeah, like they show it to you. And because the pu- these puzzles are hard to visualize and to, like conceptualize how moving the blocks is gonna work exactly, so like as soon as the cutscene's over, I've just forgotten what I just saw. <laughs> Not to mention the game is and so then, yeah, visually then, noisy. Right. It's like if you look at like the Rapunzel mini game, aka just the game, uh, it's very it's way more simplistic. Yeah. And so you can sort of look and just understand. The differences in it's like I made the comparison to Tetris Attacks uh, when I was talking to Andy about this. Yeah, and it's like not that the game plays anything like Tetris Attacks. I was describing the difficulty curve, which I'll mm-hmm. get to. But that game just you sort of understand by looking at the colors like what needs to be done in the game. Yeah, in Catherine, all the colors just indicate another level of difficulty on top of something else. Yep, and so it doesn't read well. It just reads as a mess. It's like a, a visual mess. It's another attempt to stress you. That's why they made the active choice in oh god, what's the, in Rapunzel mm-hmm. to make it as clear as possible because Rapunzel isn't like a stressful like versus puzzle game. Rapunzel is just a Rubik's cube. Right. So they make all the things as clear as possible so that it's as easy as possible for you to grasp the actual like oh I t- rotate the block this way solutions that happen. In order right. for you to represent it. In Catherine, things want to be noisy because you're supposed to be in a torture chamber. Right. In your case, more literally than they yeah. intended. <laughs> right, and like I was saying was, you you watch those little example cutscenes, and then, like, they're over, and then, like, it just completely, like, forget what I just saw. Could- and then I go in to the level, and then there's just... A giant mass of blocks, and it feels like there's infinite possibilities, and like you can't like it's hard to apply what you just saw and barely remember, like in action. God, I could not disagree more on this point. Like, it might just be the kind of learner you are, potentially. but like I could not see someone do that. I got like kind of walled end of night six, beginning of night seven. And, like, had to go to, like, a walkthrough to help get through, which is awful. Because you have to, like, watch a couple of moves, pause it, unpause it, <laughs> do those moves. And, like, doing that is how I learned the techniques. Like, I actually, like, did that for a few stages and was able to, like, play some more of them on my own. Mm-hmm. And then the end walled me again, and I had to, like, watch some more. But, like, yeah... I couldn't inter. I had to internalize the techniques by doing them, not by watching them. Th- that does sound like a kind of learner. Situation. Yeah. So like, because that was always lucky you <laughs> that you could watch those and remember them at all. Oh, I remember when, the first time I went through this game years and years ago. I remember my mind being repeatedly blown as I kept like encountering the techniques, like the late game techniques, mm-hmm. and how crazy and useful all of them were all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, th- thinking about that, like, th- it's weird, actually, that we have such different approaches to how we sort of, like, understand and pick things up. Because, JJ, you're, like, clearly, like, a mathematical... You have, like, a you have a mind for numbers in as much as, like, the things that you're learning are, are like, you're recognizing patterns on the screen. 
Whereas Andy is more visual than that, and I'm, like, completely verbal. Like, I cannot pick up on something usually by just watching an example. So, like, this game is not for me in any way. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I really do think, regardless... In a, in a universe where I'm not forcing this game on the rest of you, I do think the mechanic set is ridiculously deep. Yeah, I think that in regard to forcing this onto us, yeah. if I owned a PS3 in the like time around when this game came out, I would have probably gotten this game based on things that I had heard about it, mm-hmm. but then would have played it been really irritated by it, and then all else the same, we come to this day and you say, we should play Catherine for the podcast, and I probably would have told you to go put your head up your ass. (laughs) Because I would have been much more angry about it. The fact that I played it in a special case scenario actually makes me a lot more positive on it than if I had naturally come across this game on my own. And I actually probably would have played this game eventually anyways. True. But I didn't mean, like, still under the assumption that you would play it eventually. I just meant, can you... Do you understand enough about the mechanic set to be able to appreciate its value in completely independent as a thing you'd ever like or interact with? This is a point that I actually brought up uh, to Andy while I was playing, is my difficulty with this game obviously came from a lack of mechanical understanding. Yeah. I fail to see how somebody with a mechanical understanding of the game would find it fun. The game, in fact, seems so stressful and so just, like, repetitive and just painfully difficult that you have basically three, maybe, plateaus of understanding. My level, or most people's, like, tutorial level, complete non-understanding. Yeah. A mid-level understanding where you know what you're doing in the game, but the game is still brutally difficult. Yeah. Or savant-like, like, the people who got the true, true ending because they played the challenge towers. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know how those people have fun anyway. <laughs> it just seems like you have a disease and, I... like, you just have to continue playing really complicated games in order to satiate yourself. <laughs> it's not a, a disease is a bit harsh. <laughs> it's a bit harsh. It's somebody who is really enthusiastic about it. Have I told you guys or shown you competitive Catherine before? No. no. Okay. It is a thing people play at Evo. It is, like, it's still played, like, to this day in, like, really small numbers of, like, the versus mode in the towers where people will actually attempt to, like, outmaneuver each other. It's, like, mostly because you guys didn't do a whole lot of multiplayer and, like, the enemy sheep don't matter that much because they give you so many of the little... A whole lot. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) They give you so many, like, little tag items that you can just kill them on all the lower difficulties where it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that, like, the mechanics of, like, being able to stop people's motion and, like, hitting them, and there's, like, some kind of, like, an obscure glitch that lets you, like, just sit on them forever and kill them that ends up being a win condition. People, like, actually play this game like they would play a fighting game, which is cool to me. I mean, it's a cool thing, and, and but I feel like the comparison isn't really... I, I don't think that it benefits my... Er, 
doesn't benefit my argument, so I'm going to dismiss it. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I don't think it benefits your side of the argument because I engage with fighting games in almost exactly the same way. But no, no, I'm not. Except fighting an games are casually entertaining, and you don't have to be a at like an Evo level like performance to enjoy yourself. But I'm which so seems far, to be what Catherine. It does. is not. This I'm is not, my question. This I'm so far away from like the understanding displayed by people who like are we play it at the videos I've watched at Evo. Mm. Because the savant level shit is like having a deep understanding of how edges interact in the game. Which I did not even... Oh yeah. That don't, that's not a thing that the game expects you to know to beat it. Mm. That is something that I've beaten the game four times. Uh, I've never beaten the game on hard, just for reference also. But I, I've played through the game four times and still don't fully... I can't like visualize edges as a property because it's so abnormal to how you would expect gravity to work. It really... Wants to bash that into your head in the tutorial level, too. Oh, yeah, because you need some understanding of it, or yeah. you are fucked. Well, this is the thing. In fact, maybe you can explain this. Yeah. Because the one issue that I was having, and I didn't actually feel like I was having that much of an issue with edges, mm -hmm. in terms of, like, creating platforms to stand on. Yeah. The issue that I was having is if I was pushing blocks backward, and they landed fully under another block, yeah. they would still fall. Yes. And I never understood why that was the case. Because edges don't work from below. Ever. But they work from below. Oh, so it won't lock if you push the bottom block yes. to an edge. No. It won't it'll fall. Yes. Well there you go. Yep. Yeah, that never six levels into the game, I never picked up on that. Oh block. yeah, there's a million there's tons of shit like that in, in relation to the mechanics of Catherine that you just never get until a million times that you've played through the game. Gotcha. It would, like I am still probably by all metrics like actively bad considering how much I like sit on the undo button as I just described to get through the game at all. Right. But it's like I like oh God I'm trying I'm trying to find the exact amount that I enjoy working through the mechanics of Catherine because it's really hard to express comparatively. It's you guys know how much I love stressful circumstances in video games. Sure. As part of the mechanics yeah. sets. Unless it is, unless you do not have agency in the stress. Correct. Uh, and you guys are also familiar with my history of sort of puzzly mechanic sets. And how much I've gone through games like Tetris, how much I've gone through games like Fire Emblem. And it scratches a different itch to a certain extent based on it, but I can... Oh man, this is so hard to communicate. An example of, like, a mindset that I would go through in a Catherine level, especially one of the earlier ones where it's mostly just sort of a flow state, uh, I would see circumstances and attempt to, like, recognize and apply memorized techniques to them. Like, for example, I create a staircase between two floors by doing the, like, pull one out, get on top of it, pull the second one out, go to the side, pull the one to the side of the left, forming a two-step, and then I will, like, keep in track in my head the number of, like, empty spaces to the left of that staircase I have, so that I know that if I have to do the tornado thing, how many, like, free spaces I have, so I can count the number of blocks ahead of me, like, I've got to move up three stairs. I remember I had four spaces of empty space behind me at the very end of this ladder, so I can just keep going up and down the staircase and do two consecutive pulls to get, like, the, the correct number of stairs. And it's, like, it's just, like, rotations like that and, like, constant memory issues that is the mechanic loop for Catherine that I go through that made me love it. That seems, like, completely foreign to me. Like, I don't understand how that even presents itself within the game, because I kept running into situations where 
And once again, zero mechanical understanding. This is, could just be a thing that I was not seeing. Yeah. But it's like, I would run into situations where there would just be so many special blocks that I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to even make, like, a two-step. Like, pull something out and then move it. Like, it just seems... Like, Andy watched me one time go through the same, like, situation, like, eight consecutive times Mm -hmm. and do the same thing each time, but then one time I went too far to the right and just slid off and fell to my death. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I just forgot that Ice Blocks did that. Like, in that moment, because I couldn't, like, process those being there in addition to repeating an action that I'd already done before. <laughs> yeah. It 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 scratches that similar itch. It demands the processing from you constantly and it's the source of the stress other than like how the game is visually presenting itself to you in a stressful fashion. Right. You have to just be the stupid robot guy who is just constantly <laughs> trying to like through the death cycles have like memorized tracks. Cuz you keep getting into these death loops in Catherine and it creates because uh, the blocks most of the time are randomized it, you can use the same solutions to the earlier problems so it, assuming that you find solutions and you get past them you're always making progress so it eventually just becomes like an automated behavior like do this it's like moving the Rubik's Cube around to a certain extent because you might know a technique to get this far but you might forget something else assuming again you're not the savant guy yeah. <laughs> but see that's the thing is like uh, well, I mean, this is just a difference in game, I think. Because, like, I've gotten in, like, flow states are, like, a pretty... That is a, like, understood video game thing. Where yeah. people will just hit, like... But I don't mean just flow states in the same way you'd have a flow state in, like, a reaction-based RPG. A flow state that I was describing That's, before, like, not even the closest thing I was thinking <laughs> I know. I'm meaning it's just a memorization loop. It's just getting... Right. It's like Guitar Hero, is the comparison I was going to make. Once you start to learn a song Guitar Hero, you don't even need to look at the track anymore. You just play the notes as you remember them. And this game was, like, so far away from me even getting to that, just because of the number of special things. But the only... <laughs> it's because I'm a special thing. <laughs> as a guy who's been through this game, what, like, four times, mm-hmm. the only blocks that truly, like, of types that truly throw enormous wrenches into the kind of shit that you're doing are bomb blocks and black hole blocks. I don't even know if you ever encountered black hole blocks. I never encountered either. Okay. That's, that's Ice bad. blocks was so bad that, like, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine proceeding past that. Ice blocks is don't stop trying to move on the top of the blocks and just hang always. That's ice blocks. I hate hanging, though, because you go around the corner and then you, your controls reverse. Well, don't go around the corner. At one point, I was stuck <laughs> trying to get back up on a block... For, like, an embarrassing amount of time because I kept going backward and then coming back around because the camera only tilts. Oh, yeah. Does it rotate? The camera so. is real bad. It, it, so like once late you game. get to the bag, it's just a crapshoot if you know which way you're going. Yeah. It, it always resets if you ever pause. They said that in the tutorial, but it's definitely an example of the kind of thing that you would never remember. Right. Like the sort of, you expect the controls to just do what you wanted to. And with the exception of up always being stand-up, they just never do when you're mm-hmm. trying to do the sort of hanging stuff. 
and yeah, they sort of hint in like one level where like you can be really good if you recognize how important it is to get in the back of blocks, but it's kind of only relevant to that level ever, thankfully, because I don't know why they couldn't fix the camera issues. It seems like it'd be really easy to, to just, just have the camera rotate. Yeah, just free it up more and have it always snap back to the front when you let go of the stick. Right. But they just didn't do that, and I don't know why. Uh, it's questionable. It's very questionable. Andy, you like video games? No. Okay. Right. Uh, I say my experience with the mechanics are somewhere in between like so like several steps above Chad but still like f until like the late game would still like be doing the stages and like look at the stage and it just looked like a big wall of blocks right and like I like would not know like where to begin and once I, like, started, you know, using tutorials and, like, really, like, figuring things out, I got to a point where, like, I could, like, look at the stages and, like, assess the situation and be like, I gotta do this to get up. I never, I think I never quite got to the level of your understanding where I, like, I have this many blocks behind me and I need this many blocks to get up. I have enough space to do this and that. Uh, but that also might be just because I don't think about things like that. Like, I more just, like, looked and, like, that's enough space behind me to pull this out enough times. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, thinking in numbers. But, um, yeah, so I think, I, I, I do appreciate, like you were asking earlier, I do appreciate the deepness of the mechanics, but I would almost say that they are too deep for its own good. <laughs> like, I think the, it's so deep that I got 90% of the way through the game and felt like I didn't understand them. Right. Like, it's so... There's such a, like a barrier to entry on the puzzle mechanics that, like, you almost have to play this game through twice to, like, really get, like, a full enjoyment of the puzzle part. Well, the... They're hoping that you don't get the like anything close to a full understanding on the first go through, and that's why they keep not just as a difference in kind, but they just keep reintroducing new things that make you have to like reset your understanding of the See, games. So you can't just like inazuma your way through everything. I early. get. I guess that makes sense, but like that makes so much like so much of the game like once you hit like that middle chunk, it just it feels like such like a chore to like play through the levels like. Because, like, you're like, oh, there's another night before the boss battle. <laughs> like, ah, oh. Like, the, it just... The puzzles would start to feel too long, and then it started to feel like there were too many stages within each night. And it's just like, I'm not enjoying this enough. Like, you know, like, I, I hit... Madness, the, madness. I hit, I hit the ceiling, like... I felt, yeah, like, I ended up feeling like, in terms of the puzzle half of the game, the game was too long. And that the stages themselves were a bit too long for like what it was worth for me yeah i for, and i feel like if i played it through again now understanding the game <laughs> i wouldn't feel that way for what it's worth i changed the game type to easy uh from uh, between nights three and four yeah and night four as you might remember only has two stages yeah we thought like oh man does knocking it to easy reduce the number of stages in each one this is so much better <laughs> because three like uh, it, it's just so much like the the how long the hltv.com 
how long to beat time for yeah. this game is 13 hours. And it took Andy 17, and if I was playing on normal and just earnestly tried to go through this game, this would be like, it would take me longer than it took me to beat a certain other game that we're not supposed <laughs> to talk about. And it's like, oh my god, it's too stressful for that much time. Yeah, I, I guess the best way I can think to put it is like, I don't, like, it feels way too much like it's I'm just trial and erring rather than interacting with the puzzle mechanics. Like, I'm just like, move, move, oh, fuck, that didn't work. Undo. <laughs> like, until, like, I just reason it out. Like, too much of the game was, like, just trying something, fucking up, and losing. Like, until, like, I find, like, the, if, before the light bulb turns on. I can't sympathize. It is impossible for me. I never... I, granted, again, fourth playthrough. Can't get that much in my mind in the history. I, If there was ever a portion where I faced, like, a huge, uncomprehensible wall, like you guys seem to be describing as a common occurrence, I would literally just look at the game for, like, three seconds, and then pause it, and then just think about it for, like, two See, minutes. that... Ooh. Right yeah, there. I literally never even thought no, to pause It's yet. not even that. It's like, that's so... Like, I guess, once again, it comes down to, like, the kind of learner we are, the way we think about stuff. I could not pause the game and then, like, accurately think of how the blocks will behave. Like, I could not reason <laughs> through one of these puzzles in my head. Okay, well, just... To move on from this, yeah. because like I think that we've reached a point where like it, it's where none of us are speaking the same language about it. Yeah, this is where like the nuclear warheads would go off at right. the international meeting. The two, there are two things with the puzzle, like which I'm willing to acknowledge. Some people could conceivably have a little bit of fun doing. <laughs> uh, oh, I do. I do think the puzzles are fun <laughs> once you like get the mechanics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chad goes, oh, oh yeah. No. Like, just, my problem is, I think it takes way too long to get to that point. But there are two things that I, I actually think are not good design here. And while I think a lot of it is good design, I have an issue with one, their introduction of new mechanics, and two, uh, the movement in the game. I felt was just completely impossible to like deal with because. You, uh, we'll start with the movement because you seem a lot more confused about this. Yes. The movement, in my opinion, it seems to be just too fluid, which seems strange, I guess, to say. Like, when I'm playing a puzzle game like this, yeah. you expect, like... Because when you tap with the D-pad, if you tap one, you'll go to the next block. Yep. It's like the bare minimum movement. But if you hold the, the direction... You'll just keep going, and then it's difficult to predict if you're going to stop on the block that you're on or if you're going to keep going to the next one. So, worst case scenario, you, like, slide off an ice block or, I guess, like, hang or something. Yeah. So not usually, like, completely detrimental. But my issue that I was having was kind of being able to do that because of the amount of time that I would have in a situation. There was a part that I knew how to like co how to move on yeah like i had a solution and was concerned that i just couldn't do it fast enough like i did it once and then kept going and then died and then was like i don't know if i can do this again but yeah i did it like eight more times and died attempting it because i just couldn't move fast enough in addition to that there are things like the trap blocks yeah where uh like you move over them and they take like 
a hundred years, and then the spikes come up. Uh, and then they're broken forever. But it just felt like sometimes I would run across and turn around and come back, and it would go off, and everything would be fine. And then other times I would run up and turn around, and he would take just, like, a little bit longer and die to it. And it that gets kind of frustrating because they're... It's, I mean, I guess there's probably, like, an infinite number of solutions to these puzzles, but, like... No. Okay, it is very... Okay, that's good. <laughs> because I really thought that, like, I was just not seeing something. No. It's, like, very... But, yeah, it totally described. feels yes. that way until, yeah. like, the game clicks with you. Okay. It, it's... The game narrows its possible solutions very dramatically the farther you go. To the point where, at a night after you quit, there's a, a level that's just, like... You are given, I think it's five high. It, it, it's the only level of the nightmare is where there's functionally no time limit, and you're just given a thing, to, a Rubik's Cube to go through. But it's just five tall stacked blocks. Uh, it's five stacks of five blocks, all at a corner to each other, and it's just figure out how to how get to it to the top. Up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. But it, it, gets very, it gets much less sort of open-ended as it goes on. And hopefully, I'm assuming because they're w accepting that you're fucking up a right. lot early game, because everyone will and does. But as for like, the fluidity of the movement, that was the initial discussion point. Real quick, the point of my whole thing there about like them having like prescribed solutions yeah. is that just the, uh, like, the idea that they make you essentially run across a line of trap blocks and then about face and go back to the previous one, it feels like they should be a lot more precise if they're going to force you to do it. Because if you perform perfectly up to that point and then just get fucked over because you thought you had turned around faster than you actually did, seems a little unnecessarily cruel. I, I could be... For, mm. They're walking definitely a tightrope with a design here. Because they're attempting to design the movement such that you could, instead of controlling it like a joystick, just control it with precise, distinct D-pad motions and still be fine. Like, you could, and you probably might have done this accidentally, Act as you started to go through the game more, it sometimes becomes easier to just hit the D-pad like three consecutive times to get three blocks. than holding the D-pad for that duration. Mm -hmm. And they want to make sure that's a possibility, but they don't want to force you into that because time is always a factor in the puzzles, and they want to give you the option to go faster and be less controlled if you want to be. Right. The problem is that most people's natural inclination in that situation is to hold the button down, which is actually in Catherine the like, I'm doing as fast as I can, crazy kind of imprecise motion, right. and not what should be your default of just pressing the button multiple times. Yeah, it, and it never really tells you that. In fact, nope. up until now, I didn't realize that you could, like, cue movement. Like, you could hit left three times, put the controller down, and your character will move three blocks. Well, it's not cued, it's just that you happen to move fast enough that you can do that. It, it's more like, again, Guitar Hero. Okay. It's like, hit, hit, hit. There's a big go, difference go, go, go. there, because pressing three times... And, like, just having, like, it read, like, he pressed it three times. Okay, all right, whenever he gets the next block, move to the next one. Yeah. Until three have been used up is a lot better and a lot more precise than, like, just, je like, having, like, a, a, a trigger point. Like, if you were at this point on the block, then the next one press is going to move you to the next block. Because that's the difference. Because I guess this is 
kind of a weird fighting game comparison here. Yeah. When you're doing a special move in a fighting game and you do quarter circle toward the square, <laughs> you're pressing down, diagonally down and right, and then a button input, and the game just reads your inputs in a row and says, okay, do the special move. Whereas if it's fluid like that, then you end up with all of the imprecision of the human body <laughs> fucking up how you want to move. Like, I don't really know how to explain it, but I tried doing what you were describing, but my button presses were too sloppy, too fast, or too slow to accurately move to one place and then back as I pressed it. I'll, I'll weigh in here, and I just want to say that I totally called this yesterday. <laughs> or whenever we were playing. Yeah. I agree. There is something weird about the controls. Like, it's something about their sensitivity. Like, even if you know exactly, like you've like you've said, you've gotten into a death loop and you know how to progress oh so far. Like it's so easy to like accidentally either like push the button a little too saw or like or a little too hard or something, and like he goes one too far, or like he just hangs off the edge, or he grabs a block you didn't want him to, or like you push left and grab, and he goes forward and grabs the block instead like mm -hmm. there's all these like little mistakes you feel like it, like you're making because of the controls and they because, add up especially yeah. with the time limit. and it's like it's it's hard to like describe exactly what it is yeah there is something i think with the sensitivity of the deep head mm -hmm. for reference i'm sympathetic here i'm just trying to say that if there if this is a court like a design problem it's really a core design problem, oh, yeah. not just like they had the time one second too wrong on the D-pad. Right, right, right. Because you need both. You need the precision and the speed based on the way that they've designed the, the game. Yeah. Would it have been, this is a, a complete hypothetical, yeah. but would it have been too inconvenient as a player to literally map it precision on D-pad, use the control stick to run? Like, you like have actual fluid movement with the control stick and then use the D-pad to move one block at a time. Yeah, like, would that be too, like, inconvenient as a thing to do? That is what it is. You can use the control stick to move in the way you're describing. But it works in the same way that the D-pad does, whereas if you, like, flicked the control stick, it would operate the same way as pressing the D-pad. Like, it's the same movement controls mapped to both analog and the digital, like, input of the D-pad. It just seems like there would be some better way... To like, to to organize the movement. They could, it would at least if they did it that way, give you the give them the freedom on the D pad to make the presses very distinct. Yeah, but you could not rigid. hold down the the D pad. There could be like multiple seconds of break before they would even accept inputs if they wanted to delineate that way. Right. And I'd be totally game for that, because like I said, I'm actually sympathetic to this complaint. It's something that happens all the time. Like I'll still die to spike traps in the same arbitrary ways that you guys are talking about. I just care less. <laughs> I had one other thing though with the uh, the way they introduced mechanics yep. that I mentioned. Uh, I think this is maybe our most legitimate like criticism of this game, yeah. other than the controls. <laughs> the one that I can specifically remember because this is the freshest in my mind is the ice block thing. Yeah. When you get to the first landing, they explain like, oh, you should crawl on the ice, like side. Hang. hang. You should hang on the ice so as not to slide, and you can just move left and right freely. But by the time you get there, and not only that, they also explain the fact that you like if you push a block on ice, it'll just keep going. Yeah, you can you only pull, pull it. You can pull yeah. one. 
But by the time you've gotten there, you've already had to do that a dozen or more times. So, really? Yeah. Because like, yeah. there's an ice block puzzle. You do puzzle. a stage before the first landing. So you have to just do the first ice block stage with no tutorial. Yeah. In fact, no technique. This is verbatim a direct quote from the narrator. There are ice blocks on this stage. Watch out. <laughs> That's pretty bad, yeah. I was like, oh, watch out? What is that? Like, and he, there's a brief explanation when you first get in where he's like, this could, like, you could slide off the edge, causing instant death. And then you're like, good, instant death, great. <laughs> I know not to slide off the edge. Yeah, so yeah, that is like a pretty, seems like a huge oversight that they yeah. drop you into a level before they give you those, like, techniques. Uh, there's certain intuition about, like, how an ice block would behave. Yeah. But, like... Your intuition is not I hang It's not to hang with your fingertips on yeah. the ice. That seems like right. you would like, fall oh, immediately. Right, and like, oh, I can pull. Like, yes. both those <laughs> things are not intuitive at all. No, yeah. It's just... It's kind of unusual. Yeah, that was one of the things where I was playing it, and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, and, and it was like, just hang. And I was like, oh, it would be nice to know this. Like, before. <laughs> yep, totally fair criticism on that point. Yeah. Luckily, a lot of... None of the other blocks really limit your movement in the same way that ice blocks do mm-hmm. later when they introduce them. So at the very least, it doesn't compound itself later because, I mean, like bomb blocks, you kind of know what's going to happen in that circumstance. <laughs> right. Yeah. What do they do? Uh, you step on them part. and it activates like a timer and then they blow up. Yeah, the ed- a certain amount the of edge of the block is like a visible fu- fuse that you can follow. So like when it gets back to the corner that it started at, it'll explode and damage all the blocks around them and turn them into crack blocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big problem. It seems like it might be. Yeah, as many things in this game are. <laughs> a big problem. Catherine, colon, a big problem. <laughs> this is a sitcom, that this, the, this spin-off of this game. Because right now the game's not really a sitcom, it's like a late-night HBO show for weebs. Right, basically. <laughs> oh my god. So you have anything... Pressing uh, to discuss past uh, two guys who are bad at capturing complaint. Uh, do you, you want to talk about the Inazuma technique? No, I don't want to talk about the Inazuma technique. All right. I, I, you want to talk about the boss battle? It's the one that lets you go up infinitely. Uh, I want to, at the very least, talk about the use of language in boss battles. Sure. Yes, there's, yes, Ted, there's a technique where as long as you have a flat wall in front of you, you can just ascend any height you want forever. Oh, I don't think I've ever been in a situation in a captain where there was a flat wall in front of me. There's multiple levels through the entire shtick is just just a huge wall. Climb it. Wow. I don't think I ever saw... On Easy, I saw a couple of flat walls. I used the pyramid technique for that. <laughs> I don't even know if it's called the pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid technique was like my go-to for right. a while. Is that the one where you just climb pull up? out a, a you pull out you pull out three number. then you pull out two oh yep then you pull out one and that was like so ingrained in my mind that like pulling out like one and then pulling out another and then pushing it out from underneath like didn't even like register in my mind as something <laughs> like I could do and then like once I was like once they showed that like the like the technique and the landing I was like. <laughs> yes, yes. You mean I don't have to stack them like a pyramid? Because <laughs> all the crazy edge shit. And those were the yes. moments that I kept happening. But we're done talking about that. Yes. We are instead going to discuss, at least first for me, which you guys might not care about because you probably want that persnickety and we're instead bu- busy being filled with rage. Persnickety. Uh, 
the use of language in the game, I fucking loved. Like, the specific way that they worded shit all the times in, like, slightly off-kilter ways that kind of annoy you, or to kind of, again, accent that the game's like a television Give show. As in, I, as in, like, <laughs> he is the killer. Yes. Do, Do not, not die. die. Yes. Okay. Exactly. That's I actually was one a big of my fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> Doom's Bride has appeared. Yeah. It is the killer. Do, Do not, not die. <laughs> Newsflash... Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, there were a few things that I kept going back to. But yeah, the writing is one of the best parts about the game. There's I would argue the best part. Well, about the, the music game. might be the best. The music part. is really good. The there's music a, and the writing are great. There's yeah. an intro level in Imperium. If I was hearing it in this game, I was enjoying it. <laughs> there's an intro Imperium level, which I think is night seven for you. Uh, where you just like you get up on the top after one of the landings, and you're and you're like the fucking blocks. I'm gonna climb the shit out of you. Or just like this like weird aggressive swearing against the like crazy ethereal madness of that it's always trying to present itself as some kind of like otherworldly godly influence to you. Right. That and the constant intrusion of the narrator in really like mundane ways and horrifying situations, and even the sort of like. Similar to uh, Life is Strange, the use of, like, slightly wrong youth language whenever people are trying to, like, discuss stuff with you at the bar. Especially the blonde kid. I kept getting, like, weird vibes from Toby all the time. I loved... Toby... Okay. We've discussed how well-written this game is. Yeah. And I felt like the moment that it really sunk in that the game knew what it was doing and, like, it was trying to create, like, a level of dissonance within itself to in order to keep you like feeling sort of uncomfortable is when I like the game had gone on this very long stint of just everything bad happening in a row. Yeah. AKA the whole plot of the game. But this is like a particularly long stretch of time where like it was the it was the, I think the day immediately following when Catherine shows up at the apartment, Kep K <laughs> shows up at the apartment with C there for the first time. Right? Okay. And you go to the bar, and no one is there. And it's just very... Le- well, Johnny's there, but he's at the bar, and you're sitting alone at the table. Yeah. And so you have this whole sequence where it's just been, like, really negative not like nightmare sequence, almost getting caught, pregnancy, like, confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> For Smash, 2012. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, like, you're alone at the bar... And then you get a text, your two texts in a row from Toby, and the like. He has this whole thing that he's written to Erica and assigned it to Bias, and then he just sends the other text. that's like, sorry, please, please disregard that last text, T Dog, and like he is. Just <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like this perfectly timed, like comedic moment in the middle of like just like the di- complete downfall of your mood. And it just like right there is like, is where I was like this game like has its timing down really well. Yeah. R- related to that, how did you guys feel about Erica as a character? I I feel like she was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was fine. <laughs> I I think the fact that they made her chan- transgender seems really dumb. And, like, not because I have anything against transgender people. Right. But, like, she's clearly just female. 
she's modeled as a woman and has the voice of a woman. And I feel like they made her transgender just as a joke. Like, they th- like it comes off that way. Cause like I did not get to this point in the game, so I don't actually know how it was handled in game. It was handled shittily in game. Yeah, it's just like because like Toby dates her <laughs> and like and like he loses his virginity to her and then finds out later she was a guy. Right. And it's I feel like her being transgender is just for that joke. I think prior to like they have to make it comedic in the last scene because you learn about this in the like true K ending. And again, it could have placed it in some other context in the game. But with the with the exception of the moment when you finally get it confirmed, all of the hints prior to that point are not comedic. They're like another source of stress. Right. Another thing that's a problem in your friend group. It's never and I think that's all part of the setup. I don't so it's so, it's so it's a really dark it's, setup, it's so, and then a hilarious It's, it's so that they can do the joke and have it be justified. But she talks, like, multiple times about how, like, depressed she was, and how everyone thought that she was dead for, like, a year. And you talk yeah, with I her mean, about it, and it's, like, this really dark moment in her life, and I'm you not, don't have the context yet for it. I'm not saying that it's all comedic, or that, like, it doesn't make sense. I think the fact that they made the decision. I think Erica originally was conceived as a female character and then they came up with the idea to have the joke where Toby has sex with her and then that's why they did it. That they put a lot of serious both like subtle hints over the course of the game and serious discussion of her like mental state before you knew of the kind of person that she was for me to believe that it was all for the joke. Uh, maybe we'll just have to agree to disagree again on this. Maybe podcast. it's because the joke is so dumb and stupid that like it, it colors my opinion of it. But I, like, because you don't know. Yeah, like this is. I would like to be able to weigh in on this, but I honestly just did not get any of the like none of the subtext got to me through my playthrough of the game, and I did well. First of all, I didn't realize you could talk to Erica, not by ordering a drink. <laughs> Until literally the last night. Oh well, there I didn't realize that I could talk to her because she's standing in the corner yeah. where there's nothing else. Yes, she's invisible to me. Uh, <laughs> you didn't talk to the old ladies and then get curious. I get to, I talked to the old ladies one time on the first night that I was in the bar. Yeah, you couldn't see Erica from there. Was yeah, she you ta- can. Oh, can you? She's yeah. always standing right there. Yep. Didn't think about it. Yeah, old ladies, another creepy example. But we we were discussing uh, the there are lots of different hints to the course of the game. It suggested a couple of times that she's also having nightmares later on. Mm. Uh, but that, in addition to the way that it's revealed at the end, where like everyone sort of like laughs off, like Toby being like really regretful about the situation, and the game just sort of like assumes that she's a man the entire time. Right. Not not handled well at all. Still weird. <laughs> that I thought that they just made the active choice to just, like, throw her in as a thing in 2011. It was... Yeah, well, I mean, then I, I, I feel like I need to be a little bit more educated on the subject sure. to actually speak on it, but it is definitely... Um, I'm just going to paint it in as broad strokes as possible. If like, you're actually interested, I think I feel like you probably find information about this. Yeah. But uh, that, like, any type of what is seen as sort of, like, sexual, like deviance from the norm especially in like old Japan not old like ancient old as in like 70s 80s Japan is something that was like 
very frequently used for like comedy or for or just generally looked down on in a way that's like basically how uh, the how Western culture has evolved beyond finding people with disabilities funny. Yeah, and then the word dwarfs. You're right. Yeah, like in. It, like, in Japanese culture, they've largely, at this point, gotten past that kind of a thing. But it, I'm sure that, like, there are elements of it that are still present. It's like, the only thing that holds me back of it being, like, an entirely, like, negative expression, uh, like, of being transgender, is how well the game seems to actually regard her as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the only... She's maybe, even in comparison to your friends, like the most active NPC that isn't one of the Catherines. Yeah. And how much she's, like, involved and, like, concerned. Like, she, you really get the sense that she's, like, actually an old friend. She gets the, uh... I'm sure like, a, a specific example of this, uh, like, in terms of, like, the trope. Yeah. But she gets this treatment where it's... She's treated so poorly by everyone who is actually a shithead that you know that she is clearly not a shithead <laughs> because the people who are dumb think that she is dumb. So it's like, it's the opposite effect where you're like, oh, all of these idiots treat her terribly because they are idiots. And anyone with a brain treats her well. And, <laughs> and this game had a lot of idiots. Yes. This was just stuffed full of idiots. Yeah, it's a game full of shitheads. <laughs> that you kind of make slightly less shitty. Right. If you're nice. <laughs> Except for the reporter guy, who's just depressed and not really shitty ever. Yeah, no, that is that is just a man who's been detached from the world for, like, what, four years or however long yeah. he said? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'd have to play the game again. Mm-hmm. To like pick up on like in like actually like pick them up, pick up on all the hints like as they're happening. Yeah. Because like when thinking back, I guess this also like colors my opinion. Like the only ones I could really remember very well were just the how they all acted when she came around and they were just like, you know, like putting her off. Yeah. Her to go yeah away the, if you're stuff. not bringing me a drink, get the yeah, hell out of like here. Like the, yeah. all they were all like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, that all became clear once you know that. But, like, that all seemed like stuff that could have been added after they conceived of the joke. So, I'm sure that there's probably stuff in there since you said that there's lots there is. of subtle hints. Also, it's, it's potentially off-the-cast stuff, but I think you might just be generally underestimating how much hormone therapy can actually, like, change people's physical appearance after the fact. I guess. Like, the concept of, like, passing is a thing that is capable of happening. Right. It just... It has language and has since, like, the 70s and 80s. Right. I guess maybe it's also just because she's, like, a a character model in a game. Yeah. But, like, there's not even a shred of masculinity to her. Nope. Not a bit. But, um... She's a little aggressive, but that's more like... That's not uh, in the character No, model. not really. I mean, like, not any more than just a normal woman would be. She's kind of sexually aggressive, too. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yep. Any other NPCs that you guys found even remotely interesting? Oh, I liked all the NPCs probably better than, like, any of the characters. What was that? Not name? because of, like, their development. I just find them, like, just... Some of the more entertaining, like NPCs yeah, really like in games, like the they're just funny. And the the guy who always sat next to the TV, he had the glasses. He has a J name. Yeah, the reporter. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's the reporter. The uh, sheep with glasses. Yeah, sheep with glasses. <laughs> yeah. Is it Josh or like something like oh, that? Oh, I don't remember I, the name. Yeah, I don't remember him. Uh, I like. I found myself like liking both of them and wanting to like get them through the <laughs> nightmares. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't. What's his name? Singer from Real Big Fish. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the mutton chops guy. Sheep with He's got like hands. the up Oh, that guy, yeah. 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 Uh, he, dies died, to... he died in my playthrough. I don't know how to keep him alive. I've played this game every time and he always dies. I, I might just be misremembering it, but when Chad was playing, it seemed like he would talk to him and he would say way more than when I did. Oh. So, like, I don't know if We can there's... pick up from my save file and see if he survives there this. Might... I won't put you through any of this. <laughs> I'm there... saying somebody else can do it. <laughs> There, there might be like a certain point that you have to talk to him well, or something. How, in your playthroughs of the game, did you game the meter like in later playthroughs? Oh yeah, of course. Like the most recent playthrough was the first time that I went like one hundred percent freedom. Okay, because I went like predominantly chaos. Like that's it, the same thing. Okay, yeah. so. In that like, but he still died in that situation. Yes, because that seems to be the like, that is what he aligns with. But I, don't, I don't think those things are related technically in the course of the game. Although I can, I can see why you'd believe that. That would be, be too well thought out. <laughs> Whoa! And <laughs> punch. <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh. I mean, I I've been contrarian because it's one of your favorite games, I but know. I actually really enjoyed it. How'd you guys? Uh, I don't think you reached this. Uh, Andy, how did you feel about, like, the night, the, what's supposed to be the final night of the dreams where you're escorting Kay? Uh, that, I liked that moment. I, f- I felt I, it weirdly, like, satisfying to see him in a different outfit. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you're in your normal clothes when right. you do that stage. And it was the so the same outfit, but like a different one than you right. Normally you had the pink the shirt and the red pants. Yeah. And um, I thought that was like an interesting like mix up to the formula of having to like escort a character through the puzzles. I actually really liked that concept. I, I that's the more like the difference in kind I wish the game had rather than just more. Having watched a YouTube video of it, it seemed like it would be (laughs) uh, fun for someone who enjoyed the game. Yeah, it it got frustrating (laughs) in places where she would just, like, jump up on the block you needed to be on. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know. This is, like, the exact situation with the Tellus principle, where you guys both came in and were like, yeah, the co-op puzzle at the end seemed cool, because (laughs) I was the only one who had gotten to it. Mm. It's a good comparison point, actually. Talent's principal puzzle game that I am good at. Catherine, so not that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. I understand this. Well, you've gone fucking long enough already. Yeah, we've gone, like, pretty long. Pretty long. It's about average. Is, the, is there anything pressing that you wanted to discuss? Oh, I could talk about tons of the, like, crazy, why-does-this-exist minutia of the game. I, I want to hear from JJ why... This game is among your top five favorites. Because I legitimately love the mechanic set and have since the very first time that I played through the game. Right. Boom. Uh, the hypothetical punch from everyone else around me. Right. Uh, because it intentionally tackles something so incredibly out there compared to like 
other games, even if it's like genre and type. Like, the problem of infidelity is just not the thing a game that actually has a mechanic set would ever even remotely try to touch. Maybe within like the actual visual novel sphere, but I was and remain so far removed from that that I don't really care, even if it is a trope within that context, because it's not a trope within the context that I played it in. Uh, and the way, just the visual style of the game throughout, the way that it constantly shifts itself, it's like the game is just an out-of-control fucking freeway truck with all these boxes flying around in the back, and you're behind the truck attempting to, like, catch up and, like, trying to figure out what's going to go on, and you're constantly stressed, and, like, madness is, like, slamming at the front of your car because the truck was, like, an Amazon truck that was delivering a lot of, like, various goods all across the United States. So there would be, like, a baby and, like, a butt monster and, then, like, just, like, a dead sheep. And, like, even the sheep metaphor, also unclear. There's just so many clearly intentional maddening choices in Catherine that amount to almost nothing overall. It's, I, Catherine, the experience is similar to Catherine, the gameplay, in that it is a puzzle that I have to constantly be mentally aware to even attempt to solve. And even if I'm, like, artificially imposing meaning on a lot of those arbitrary choices, I still found it incredibly fun to try and do that. And that's why I love Catherine. It's an interesting, like, it, most specifically in response to your second point about having how no game really has attempted to tackle something like this before it works since. Uh, we're in the era where a game specifically about infidelity could exist and probably does yeah. that is like a small independent game made in like Unity. Yeah. But Catherine probably has forever held on to the way that its experience plays because of the like nature of the market that it came out in. Because in 2011 where a game that actually explored an emotional topic was not a thing that you could just walk into a GameStop and pick up. Yeah. Catherine felt the need to include something more gameplay-oriented. And because of their choice to make it this frantic puzzle game, and the, the fact that they got to transplant their already crazy aesthetic over like a, something that uses dream logic and therefore becomes even crazier and more difficult to comprehend, the experience that Catherine provides is probably a thing that exists just once and will never happen again. Because it, 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 is, it is that emotional story and it is that unusual subject matter that could happen now, but that game would never have that type of gameplay. Yeah. It requires, like, the demands for, like, hardcore, deep gamer mechanics, some kind of, like, taboo and addressed subject matter, and infinite money, and <laughs> just, like, repressed madness to all sort of maelstrom together at the same time. Yeah. I would, I would definitely agree that the best part of Catherine is the overall experience, but uh, just something... A question that could pose like way too much debate to go on is to me this game feels more like 
it doesn't I, it feels like it's a TV show that tackles the subject matter of infidelity with a game attached to it. It's a it's a not, very special episode. Yes, of and not yeah. a game that deals with the subject matter of infidelity. Because it's not it doesn't have anything to do with the game part. Well, I mean that's where the choice comes in. Yeah, right. Like because you're still you like, still are imparting some force onto the game in within that storyline. It's just not, like, the right. main focus of the yeah, mechanical part of Like, that. reading reviews and stuff, that was something that people brought up. And I was just like, it didn't really feel special to me that this game tackled that subject matter. Because I feel it, it kind of feels like something that a TV show would talk about. And, like, the story's presented to you like it's a TV show. Maybe, and I think this might be true... I don't think I've ever watched a television show. Well, that might not be. About <laughs> period of stop, Red, never seen a TV show. It's something that... It's, You've seen Breaking Bad. When does he cheat on her? In he doesn't. She does. It's like a huge like plot point. Oh, God, I don't remember Sorry, that. spoilers for Breaking Bad. <laughs> That's a little bit... That, that actually might be a line I'm not willing to cross. Spoilers for Breaking Spoiling Bad? Breaking Bad. That show's a phenomenal. All right, fine. We'll, but, we can bleep it in post. But, but it's not trying to say anything. It's just a it's it's a it's a thing in story. And, <laughs> it's, it's a and I also feel like the plot handles it really simply as well by making one person a literal succubus. Yeah, that kind of undermines a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, not to shit on the mm. fact that you enjoyed it so much. The but answers I mean, the answers that it provides aren't good. But I never expected a game about maddening blood sheep to provide me answers to infidelity. Right. Yeah. Do you mean does it provide answers? Honestly, <laughs> if anything, the game is more forgiving toward infidelity than you would expect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like it is a lot more like I mean, just sheerly based on the number of people that it implicates in it. Like it basically is saying that it is borderline a societal norm for one person to cheat on another person yeah, in a It's like everyone fucking cheats on somebody. Right, at almost. some point. <laughs> some people are very vocal and proud of it. Other people feel like trash. And I feel like that's actually a pretty good mirror of what society actually is. Lots of people do lots of bad things, and some of them are proud of it, and others regret it a lot. And the game runs the gamut of uh, in showing you characters, both NPCs and your own, and it says, like, well, how do you react to this? How do you react to these people? Yeah. I don't know. I think that that whole element of it is handled really well up until the whole, like, until King you... of the Underlord, uh, Underworld yeah. thing. <laughs> yes. Until they stopped raining in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good note. But I forgot, over because there was no organic way to put it in the podcast at any point, uh, are you guys aware that this game is explicitly set on a space colony? <laughs> what? Yeah. No, there's no organic way to put that in the game. So, you know, I forgive the... Okay, uh, explain. Uh, every ending, every, like, super, like, true ending uh. has some kind of ludicrous revelation for the narrative. You know, in some cases, it's King of the Underworld. And <laughs> I'm other... really hung up on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you should be. It's weird. But uh, the true neutral ending, when you get, like, the space, like... Uh, what what do they call it? Like a like t- space tourism? Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh. You don't actually see him doing that or like going on the on the plan unfortunately. All that you see in that ending after you like ended up bet money on the fight and get enough money to like afford it and go on the tour is you're standing on top of one of the buildings in like the city that the game takes place in and the, it, it's like one of the anime cutscenes but you're just in like a fucking space biome and a huge futuristic freighter ship passes outside of the space biome and like he says something quippy about like being yourself and walks off screen that's the end of the game it just okay. reveals that you're in space I take it back all the endings to Catherine are the most anime thing. <laughs> that's not anime. I feel like that that's is something, that's a special brand of crazy. That's something that could just ninety percent of your player base won't even know they're playing on a space station. Like, there's something anime about that. There is. There's I, something Matrix I, about I'm that. I'm not it, well versed enough in anime to argue this well, but like, there's something just so anime about that. I think me. you're coming off too soon from the like extremely hard turn ending of Berserk. That is not no, a normal thing. No, for to just we're entering end. really dangerous territory right now, guys. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> it's not normal for I these shows to just end on like. Oh, by the way, you're in space. No, that's Get, not. I'm out. not saying just because I'm saying it's. It feels very anime to me. Is not implying that all anime have weird fucking endings that make no sense. <laughs> it's just like I don't think any other like I don't feel like a Western cartoon would throw in that kind of a weird ending twist stinger but like i could totally see that coming from like a japanese product whatever but that for reference that is why like the gods of the setting are so concerned about like keeping fertility rates up and not letting people marry uh, that makes more sense yeah it's because you're on a space colony and they need to keep the species around huh. well there you go oh, thank you for listening to Declan this week what are we talking about next time? Next time, uh, we're going to be continuing JJ's September. <laughs> Actually, continuing and completing JJ's September uh, with seven? Uh, it, you just call it Fire yeah. Emblem. Yeah. On the Game Boy Advance, which is uh, the... Is it seventh? Or is it, it is, eighth? in fact, the seventh. Right. It is the first one in the U.S. It's really confusing because they wanted to introduce the game to people. Yeah. Whatever. Well, that's totally understandable. And we'll talk about that on the Fire Emblem cast once again next time. <laughs> Fire Emblem. Uh, I can't point <laughs> Will Chad break entirely? Yeah, I could be replaced with like a host robot. You just gotta hold out for October. I know, I'm, I'm pumped. The, all the horror games. <laughs> uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact us at noclippodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at noclip, our website noclippodcast.com, on YouTube as just no clip and uh if at all possible leave a rating and a review on itunes particularly if you think that we're great <laughs> if you think we suck i'm just banking on the fact that you won't get to the end and be like oh, i should go review them negatively <laughs> i don't know a lot of podcasts end with these sort of stingers i can see someone being just assuming enough. that we're gonna do oh listening to the end to get the yeah just like just Scrubbing all the way to like two minutes before the end of the cast and being like, gotcha, I know where you live. I know this is sudden, but here's some trivia for you, as you seem to have finished the episode. Do you know where the name Noclip comes from? Noclip typically refers to giving the player character the ability to move through the geometry of the map in a game and was used primarily by developers for debugging purposes. The term became popular in the communities for id Software's games like Doom, but likely originated in their platform effort, Commander Kane. And that was the no clip trivia for tonight.